0: Thank you for an opportunity to look into your Word, to hear your Word, because your Word tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. So Lord, as we read and as we listen and we hear your Word today, pray that you would use your Word to open our hearts to believe and understand that, uh, Holy Spirit, you would remove the veil that covers our eyes and our ears and our hearts and helps it, causes us to find it hard to believe, impossible to believe without your work to open our eyes, open our ears, soften our hearts to give us life. So do that this morning as we read and hear your word, Father, in so one of the things okay. So you, you could punch in the question, what are some of the most important events in human history? And so without giving it too far away, I just want you to be thinking about that. What are some of the most important events in human history? And I'm talking about all of human history. And I was kind of shocked when I went through some of the lists. Don't peek. Don't look at them now, okay? You let, have your phone here. Don't Google that while you're sitting here. So you're paying attention, but it's a kind of a cool journey because it shocks you and you're going, Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, I wasn't. Some of you could say I wasn't born yet. And, um, one of them, it was like the discovery of fire. You ever thought about that? That's a pretty amazing thing. That would be up there near the top. I would think, right? Um, the domestication of dogs and horses. And possibly cattle. Now, that's pretty important, okay? And the planting of seeds in more than just a random fashion, but a garden sense to produce, to feed a family. And that, not to feed just a family, but to feed a community. Pretty important. The, uh, the invention of the alphabet. And it reminds me of, what's that uh, Gutenberg, what's it called? Yes, the printing press. That was a pretty important thing. What about the discovery of the wheel? That was pretty important, pretty significant event in human history. Another one was, and then you want to think about more recent ones, 9-11 came to the top as an important thing. The election of President Barack Obama was a pretty high, important thing. That was in some modern-day things, events in human history. The first university, the year 1088, the invention or discovery or whatever it would be called of keeping time. Think about that. You and I are basically now, because some Oh, I almost said idiot, but some idiot discovered time. We're bound by it, it seems now, right? And you gotta be somewhere. So, but so there's this process of time that's been and added the bubonic plague of 1347 to 1357. Massive thing in history. Uh some sad things like the Atomic bomb, Hiroshima, estimate about 140,000 people died in one day. Okay, and then the rest of the outcome of of that, Nagasaki, 80,000. The Industrial Revolution, the invention of the internet. And then I had my opinion, okay? My opinion. The coming of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three of the most important, if not the very most important events in human history, right? And so two of them we celebrate this week, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, And so I wanted to take some time and say, what in the world, what in the big picture is the accomplishment of the cross and to try to get my mind wrapped around that. And so I started thinking about his death was planned. His death was substitutionary. His death was criminal. His death was vicarious his death was atoning his death was sacrificial his death was holy his death was sacred his death was cleansing his death brought forgiveness his death pleased the father his death was painful his death was suffering his death was final his death was fulfilling his death was payment his death was a ramp ransom his death was the guarantee of a better covenant his death was grace his death was love his death was mercy his death was public his death provided and so what we want to do now is you have your pieces of paper you would you would kind of loudly i it needs to be kind of loud so we can all hear it we're going to look at some of those things that the scripture says this was the accomplishment of the cross this was some of the purpose of the cross And so um, we can't necessarily orchestrate this, but you'll get the idea. We've done some of these things before where someone just read the verse and then maybe the the statement that's on the paper. I tried to capitalize what the verse, the context of the verse, what the main point was and maybe I, I missed it, but you'll get to hear the verse of scripture and then say the point. So say, the verse of Scripture, like um, Hebrews 2.9. And then you would read that verse and then just make that statement. And let's, let's, let's have about 10 of them right now. So let, let's start with uh, Lauren. 1
1: John 5.11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. His okay. death has
0: provided eternal life.
1: Next. Corinthians five fourteen and 15. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Only his death matters.
0: Okay, just keep going down the row or cross. Yeah. Hebrews 2 9. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. His death expressed the grace of God.
1: Matthew twenty twenty eight. just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, his debt was a ransom. 1 Peter 1, 10 through 11, concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that has come to you searched intently with the greatest care. Trying to find out the time and the circumstance to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing, when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that He would follow, His death was foretold. John four nine to ten. The Samaritan woman said. Wait,
0: first John. First John,
1: sorry. The Samaritan woman said to him, "You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink?" Jews do not associate with Samaritans.
0: Okay, that's that that is first John. That's the first chapter of John, but I was looking for the little the little letter, first John. Um, well, I'll go ahead and come back no, that's okay. Somebody read and we'll come back to Kyle. Hebrews nine and 12. Yep. And you have a board. Hmm.
1: Did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. His own
0: blood obtained eternal redemption. Yep, yeah, thanks. Okay, just stop for a second. So if you look across the room, our Passover lamb sets us free from strongholds. And the big picture is in the Old Testament, chapter 12 of Exodus, when God was leading the people out of slavery, right? He told them, on this day, you commemorate by taking the blood of a lamb and you put that blood over your doorposts of your house to protect you from the angel of death that is coming through the land. So that was the beginning of the idea of Passover, the beginning of the idea of sacrifice, that something or someone had to die to cover the sin. And so the lamb and the blood of the lamb was placed on the doorpost, and that was the Passover. So when the angel of death would come, and he would come and notice the covenant, that was ushered in by the spirit of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is our Passover Lamb. Now, what that means is, if you're under His blood, death passes over. That's eternal death. Separation from God. And so, what we're reading in the scriptures here is all the accomplishment of the cross, but the main focus is... Two problems, not necessarily problems, but two realities. You have a holy, sinless, righteous, just God, right? That's him and his character, the God of creation. He's a holy, righteous, just God. And then you have mankind, which is sinful, which is separated from God because of sin. And then you have to ask the question, how does a person enter into the presence of God? How does a person enter into a relationship with God? How does a person dwell in the presence of this holy God? How does an unholy person have fellowship or friendship, any type of relationship other than just the relationship between a criminal and a judge? And so God changed the relationship by sending his son, Jesus, as the Passover lamb, as the sacrifice, as the atonement, as the ransom, as the reconciler for the problem between God, a holy God, and sinful man. And so that's what these verses express. And so you're going to hear words like ransom. You're going to hear words like a debt was paid. You're going to hear words like atonement, reconciliation, reconciliation. That's all the accomplishment of the cross. That's what the cross has done. His death cleanses our consciences of the worshipper and his death is the covering for sin. And so when I was thinking about these things and I and I was looking up these verses, these things these ideas of scripture kept coming to my mind. His death purchased. His death paid. His death won, his death liberated, his death was foretold, his death was long awaited. And that's what we're reading. Those are the verses we're reading. The word ransom is the word to loosen what is bound. And the word redemption is a technical term that used for uh, money or a payment to pay back to set a prisoner free. And atonement is to remove the breach in a relationship to cover what has come between a relationship and the rescue is just that to rescue what's been held captive. And so you have in the story, the gospel story, you have the greatest savior, going to the greatest depths of the dungeon of darkness to make the greatest rescue of the bride. The greatest gift, life in Christ. And so all other stories are a copy of the one true story. The one true story of the greatest Savior who went to the greatest depth for the greatest sacrifice paid for the greatest accomplishment, the glory and praise of the Father. So the death of Christ deals with the guilt of sin. The death of Christ deals with the payment for sin. The death of Christ satisfies The righteous, holy nature of God and his character. God made a way to forgive unholy people by sending his son. So this is the the big picture. Sin has consequences. The consequences of sin is death. Death means separation from God, separation from life, separation from love, separation from goodness, separation from hope. Separation from forgiveness. Somehow sin has to be covered. Sin has to be removed. Sin has to be dealt with. Sin has to be taken care of. So get the picture in the Old Testament. When God was bringing his people out of captivity. Out of slavery. Out of bondage. And he told them to sacrifice the lamb. And put the blood on the door. So then we begin to ask ourselves. What have we done with the blood of Jesus that was shed for us? Are you covered with the blood? The atonement was absolutely necessary because God is holy and man is unholy. And one thing we have to understand, which is very difficult to understand, is that we have no way to deal with sin on our own. You cannot deal with sin on your own. Think about what you're saying. If you think you can deal with sin on your own, you're saying that Jesus died for nothing. That his death was worthless. We have no soap that can wash it away. We have no gift to give that can cover the cost. We have no way to pay the debt. We have no ability within ourselves to offer a solution to our sin, which separates from us from God. We have no remedy for sin. And you think about our country and our world as it spirals. And we think, well, here's the answer. Here's the answer. No, 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 no. No, God provided the answer. The answer is in His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we have no remedy for sin on our own. Only God can fix the separation. Only God can cover sin. Only God can make it possible for a man to know God. So atonement, the word atonement is to cover someone's debt. It refers to the needed reconciliation between two parties, a holy God and sinful man. And reconciliation is that enemies become friends. And it's only possible through the God-provided purification by the blood of Jesus. There's only one way for sinful men to meet with a holy God and that's the atonement for man's sin. And that's what Jesus did. So when you we're reading these verses, they're saying different elements of the same thing. That God so loved the world that he sent his son, that it's his act. He's the source of salvation. And we're the recipients of salvation. And a central um, understanding of the cross an understanding of his death and the purpose of his death has to under, have those two elements first we must understand that god is a majestic god he's a holy god judge sin and so the wages of sin are death the second part is to understand the gravity and the seriousness of the weight of sin that we can't wiggle out from under it We can't choose the definition of it. Nothing in heaven or earth can provide for sin except what God has provided. The spotless blood of his own son, Jesus Christ. Mankind has sinned and we as as individuals have sinned. That makes us God's enemies. Scripture says, and from our side, We can't do a thing about it. So God has done something. He sent His Son. And so the more that we understand the cross, the more we understand the accomplishment of the cross and the implications of the cross, we can stop trying to measure up. Boy, did that speak to me this week as I just pondered. You know what? What if I could get my heart and my mind on truth? Chris, you cannot measure up to God's standards. Chris, God sent his son Jesus to measure up. You, Chris, have to put your faith in God's provision for your sin, which is his son Jesus, your Savior. You, Chris, have to acknowledge that you are dead in sin, without hope, Without God, lost in the world, you put your faith in God. So then I began to realize, it just dawned on me this week how much I've sat in uh, self-righteous judgment at times, looked at different people, and I thought, well, they don't measure up. I'm better than they are, and if if they would if they would measure up, then I could accept them, and then maybe God could accept them. That's blasphemy. God accepts you and I on the behalf of His beloved Son's pure blood. His shed blood for you. His shed blood for me. And as we recognize what God has done and what God is doing, we respond to His call and we repent. And we say, God, I've tried to measure up on my own. I tried to accomplish this. I tried to do this. I tried, tried to somehow wash my hands. I tried to be different, but I keep finding myself in the same mess, a sinner condemned. So I turn to a holy God and I say, what must I do? He says, you can't do anything. I've done through Jesus Christ, given you life and life is in his name. And so let's read a few more of these verses. It doesn't matter. They're not necessarily in order. But they're all focusing on the same thing. So anybody who's ready, just read it out loud.
1: Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide his spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 53, 12. His death for the sin of many. Hebrew 9, 26 28. Else must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the, of the age of act, he has been manifested to put away his sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed unto men once to die after this common judgment, so Christ also having, having been offered to bear the sin of many. Shall appear a second time apart from sin to them that wait for him on the salvation. First Corinthians 15, 3. For what I received, I cast unto you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. His death was for our sin. John 19, 30. When he had received this, he said, It is finished. With death, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. His death was a full payment. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having his wholeness enter the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. His death opened the way to God. Galatians 4.4 four. But when the set time and holy came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. His death gave us all right as sons of God. John 12, 23, 27, and 28. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Verse 27, 28. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father,
0: glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have
1: glorified it, and I will glorify it again. His death was the Father's plan. Romans 5, 9. The blood of Christ has made us right with God, so we are even more sure that Jesus will save us from God's anger. Mm-hmm. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. His death was for the powerless and ungodly. Acts 2 22 through 24. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man credited by God to be by miracles. Wonders and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan foreknowledge, And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. His death was God's plan start to finish. 9 15, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by new Catholic, for the redemption of the transgressions of the first covenant. That those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance, his death was a resurrection. John 10 15, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father,
0: and I lay down
1: my life for the sheep. His death was for his sheep. Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. His death disarmed the devil. Colossians 2.13-14 When you were dead in your sins, and in the in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all of our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken away it away nailing it to the cross his death cancelled the written code. Two, 1 John two. 1 my dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. His death was an atoning sacrifice. Matthew 26 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. His death provided the blood for the new covenant. Hebrews 1:3. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. His death provided purification for our sins. First Timothy one fifteen. Here is a trustworthy saying that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'll go the worst. That was for sinners. First Timothy one verse sixteen. But that for that very reason I have shown mercy for that so that in me that works the worst of sinner. Christ Jesus might display patience
0: Hmm. Let's stop there. There's probably only a few left, but um, I'm going to read just from Hebrews chapter 10. It says this, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming and not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year After year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. The point of this is that apart from the blood of Christ, being will continue to move toward God and never be able to approach Him and never have their conscience cleansed because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. And without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there's no forgiveness because the blood of bulls and goats cannot offer eternal salvation they were only there for a period of time until the fullness of time came when god would usher in his lamb his perfect lamb to be the one true sacrifice for sin it says for this reason it can never talking about the blood of bulls and goats for this reason it could never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who drew near to worship. If it could, they would, have not, stopped, would they not have stopped being offered. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would have no longer felt guilty for their sins. It was interesting. I score the scriptures once in a while just like you do, and I had forgotten that this word felt was in the Bible because you'll only find it, I think, two times. Okay, Because feelings are so superficial, but in this situation it's talking about the fact that people try multitudes of things to assage the guilt that they have before a holy God, multitude of things to try to deny and get out from under the holy conviction of A pure and righteous judge, God, a holy father. They know and we are aware because he said eternity in our hearts. We're aware that we've broken his commands. We've broken his law. And so we'll try any number of ways outside of what he provides to shake his hand away from us. Okay? Religious exercises whatever it is that we try to to measure up and to look good or compare ourselves to someone else. Sometimes we're doing that. But it says the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would they no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices, those attempts, those hoops we jump through, those comparisons we make, They're only a reminder because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, then he said, I'm the sacrifice, I'm the offering. Even though that's not what you desire, I'll be that one. And so he said, Father, here I am. And when he was in the garden, he said, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to face this. And he took on the sin of the world by the plan of the Father. And there's no other sacrifice for sin except for the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. So Hebrews 8 says this. He's been talking about the priesthood, and he's trying to help these Jewish people understand what God has done throughout history. And he says this. He says the point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest. Who has entered into the most holy place. Not with blood of bulls and goats. Not every year. Year after year after year. But once for all he's entered into the holy place. And he sprinkled his own blood on the atonement seat. On the mercy seat. The behemoth seat. On the ark. Where the cherubim overshadow. His blood was spilled and he didn't spill it on an earthly tabernacle. That was just a copy of the real one. No, he went into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where the high priest could only go once a year. He went there. Jesus went there on your behalf, on our behalf, on the father's behalf to secure your opportunity your right to enter into the presence of God. No one enters the presence of God without the shed blood of Jesus. That's what scripture is telling us. That's what we celebrate this week. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the accomplishment of God in the cross was to do away with the penalty of sin. And there's no other way to deal with it. There's no other way. I wish I could speak to mankind and say, hey, there's no other way to deal with it. There's no other way for you to deal with your hatred toward your fellow man. There's no other way. There's no other way to deal with your bitterness toward your wife or your spouse. There's no other way. There's no other way to deal with the unforgiveness you've kept in your heart against your parent year after year after year. There's no other way except the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that was shed for the sin of the world and the sin of every individual. And so as we ponder the cross this week, what are some of the implications of that? I've been thinking about that for my own personal life. What are the implications of the cross? And it has to do first and foremost with my relationship with God. That's why Hebrews chapter 10 says... Since we have a sacrifice like this, since we have so great a high priest, let us then enter boldly into the throne room, into the presence of our holy God, not by anything we have done, not by anything we have accomplished. By acknowledging Jesus shed blood, it opens the presence of God to those who put their faith and trust in the accomplishment Of the cross. So then, your relationship with God, maybe you thought there was something else that was keeping you from intimacy with the Father. Something else than your sin. Something else than applying the blood of Jesus to your sin. There is nothing else. Our sin separates us from God. His provision of his blood makes the way. Let me read a little passage out of Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Our hope is in Jesus our hope is in ourself in our goodness. Slowly try to get better and better, and then someday we'll win the approval of God. Jesus won the approval of God. Jesus won the approval of God. Let that message ring out into our hate-filled, broken, confused world. You could put down your hatred, but only through the cross of Christ that's where forgiveness is that's where reconciliation is that's where atonement is that's where that's what the accomplishment of the cross is it's the finished work of Jesus it is finished it is finished you and I are, are to revel in that and enjoy the finished work of Christ is there's probably Four or five left out there. Let's just read a couple of them and we're going to close our service. John
1: 3 15 and 17. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, have but have eternal life. God did not send His Son into the world, condemn the world, but to save the world too. His death showed the Father's love. 1 Peter 1. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead to glorify him. And so your faith and hope are in God. His death is our example. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. His death brings salvation. He will divine, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Mm-hmm. Now that he has died as a ransom, to in three of them the he under the first covenant. His death of the hands covenant. The Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law that is coming a curse for us, for it is written, the curse of everyone who has come on a fold. His death is us from the curse. 5.25. Husband, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and mm-hmm. gave himself up over it. His death was for the church his bride. Right. Revelation 5.9. 5, 5, and they sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open it sealed because you were slain and with your blood to purchase.
0: God from every tribe and mankind people in the streets. His blood purchased men for God from every tribe. <laughs> so <clears throat> just I'm going to wrap this up. Maybe, Maybe you've been holding someone for ransom. And You know that and God knows that. Maybe nobody else knows that. Maybe you've been holding a grudge. Maybe you've been saying things that come to your mind like sometimes they come to everybody's mind. God could never love me. I'm too whatever. You have to take all of that. We have to take everything and bring it to the cross. There's nowhere else to take it. And we can lay it down at the cross. And as we lay it down at the cross, we will see God by His Holy Spirit working in us that which is pleasing to Him. We will become like Him in loving, forgiving by the working of His Holy Spirit in our life. He's bringing many sons to glory, but they all come through the one Son the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the great high priest, the Redeemer, the Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who obtained eternal subs- salvation by his own blood. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved the name of the Lord Jesus Christ whom God sent as an atonement, substitutionary sacrifice to pay the penalty of the sin of the world. Father, we thank you, God, and help us to ponder afresh and anew the deep implications of the cross, the implications of our situation as sinful human enemies of yours because of our rebellion because of our unbelief because of our self-centeredness and God we need you to rescue us we're slaves to sin we need you to apply the blood of your son to our lives and give us new life in his name to do your work in our hearts of regeneration and new birth, that you have come not to make good men better, but to make dead men alive. And that you would help us recognize that in ourselves, we have nothing to offer. But Jesus came with a better covenant better sacrifice. A better guarantee. A better hope. He's the hope of the world. We're thankful for Jesus. We celebrate in his precious name. Amen.